0: Chapter 25 Laura spent a few hours on a dirt road, walking along and staring up at the clouds while listening to the chitters and squeaks from inside the woods. This was as alone as she'd ever been. She had no idea where she was or where she was going. She felt like someone was following her, She could feel them just past the dark line of trees on the far side of the road. But she didn't really care. The air was cold and damp. There was a light bounce in her step and a far-off look in her eyes, one similar to the expression on Caleb's decapitated head. She wiped her hands off on her jeans, smearing blood down both her legs, She stopped along a curve in the road where a few animal carcasses were hung with staples. A raccoon had been spread across a wide, dead tree stump, its arms and legs pulled to the bark's edges and nailed down. A knife was stuck through its chest and into the wood behind it. The knife had no handle. It had been busted or chewed off and only a bit of twine hung from the blade's base. The knife was now made entirely of rust. The rust not only covered the blade, it grew out onto the decaying body of the raccoon as well. It was lying face up with its teeth in a snarl, and its eyes cold and gone. But even this did not startle Laura. She walked past these mutilated critters, only glancing at them as she stepped down into a ditch beside the road. She knelt and splashed herself with the black water gathered at the bottom. Beside her was a pile of leaves. A few looked bigger than normal. She inspected both sides of one before using it to scrub her face, dipping the leaf into the stream like a rag. She removed her sweater and even scrubbed beneath her arms and over her shoulders. The blood went away. It carried with the tiny stream's current back from where it came. And when she was clean, she dried herself with her sweater and put it back on. She stood up and looked down into the reeds for another moment. The water wasn't deep, but she wondered what it contained. She crouched down and brought a handful up to her mouth and drank with her eyes closed, trying not to think about what might be floating in it. It tasted plain and she sighed with relief, cupping another handful and drinking again. When she climbed out of the ditch, she had to grab a hold of the rusted blade sticking out of the raccoon to pull herself up. It left a residue in her hand that ran with tiny, black insects. She wiped it off on her jeans. Then she spit into the hand and moved up the road. It started to lightly rain, hitting the ground in soothing patters and landing one after another as it dripped from the trees. The road changed from dirt to spread white gravel, and after a sharp turn, ascended to a high hill above the horizon of trees. There were a few large machines at the top and a loose orange fence lining off the area of construction. The fence made a slapping sound in the wind. Laura walked up and climbed over it. She could hear more birds. Once at the top of the hill, the road leveled off. A few men were setting up their equipment. Two on the far end were unloading electrical cords from the back of a truck, while off to the right, a man in a hard hat cranked at several levers along the side of a giant tank-like structure with a long conveyor belt on top. There was a small pile of gravel at the man's feet, and he seemed displeased by the output of the machine. He beat at it with the side of his fist and cursed, even kicking at one of its giant wheels as if it might get the thing going faster. Smoke poured out one end, and steam shot out the other. It was a strange and scary-looking machine, with a mouth full of spikes at the end facing toward her. The teeth were churning and grinding, and the sound from inside came out like screams. They grew louder and louder until the man had it running at full power. Two lights bookended the machine's mouth like the segmented eyes of an insect. Laura felt like the machine was watching her. Two smaller boys were digging up pieces of the old road with shovels and tossing them into the mouth of the machine as it violently chewed and swallowed with screaming gulps. Its glowing red eyes grew brighter with each bite. Laura crouched behind a large sign thrown to one side of the road, studying the men's faces. There was a white truck with an emblem painted along the door, but it was too far away to read. One of the boys stopped shoveling and walked toward the sign, looking over the ground as if he'd dropped something. Laura recognized him. He was the boy from inside Caleb's truck, the one who had sat on the lap of the other while staring at her with eager eyes. She ran back and hid behind a bush. The boy hadn't noticed her. He couldn't seem to find what he was looking for and gave up, walking back to the pile of rock and shoveling some more. The boy next to him looked familiar, too, and now so did the bigger man beside the grinding machine. They'd all been at the hotel. The night before felt distant and almost forgotten, but as the big man screamed profanities, somehow louder than the machine he was directing them at, she recognized his voice. He was the one who had spoke to them outside and pissed off Dan. Dan. Laura hadn't thought about Dan for hours and thinking about him felt strange. She walked back along the fence and hopped over it, trotting back down the hill. She took ten paces into the woods, lifted the gun from her waistline, and pulled down her pants. She tried to think more about Dan. Her thoughts were always clearer when she used the bathroom. The relaxation of her bowels helped her think, but as she squatted there next to a tree holding the revolver between her knees, all she could picture was the image of a few locks of his hair sticking out from beneath white hotel sheets, his face buried in a pillow, fast asleep. She couldn't collage him back together. He was in pieces in her head, and none of them fit one another. He was just colors and smells and blurred out shapes with no face or voice.